This is Phil Fondicaro from Return of the Jedi, Garbage Pail Kids, Troll, Ghoulies 2, Land of the Dead, Willow, Bordello of Blood, Blood Dolls, Creeps, Meridian, Phantasm 2, you name it, I've been in it. Now listen, hey, this is our Nightmare Joke Kid podcast. your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast the horror podcast that knows you should never mess around with the preacher's daughter my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode our month-long look at summertime slasher shenanigans comes to a close as we head out for spring break and party with 1989's nightmare beach and whether or not you partake in the Beaver Patrol, you can listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your shock hole. And of course, uh, you can find us out on social media. We're on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And of course, it is on that book of face where we have an events tab, which again leads to shenanigans and go Gator shenanigans. <laughs> and as this episode is releasing on Friday, July 30th, whether they are Gator shenanigans, movie shenanigans, any kind of shenanigans, Screenland Armor, they have those shenanigans taken care of indoors, outdoors, and virtually. And on that Friday, Genius McGee, our latest Friday Night Fright. Oh, speaking of Friday Night Fright, shout out to everybody who came for pieces. We'll get to that. We're going to get to that. I've got a, I've got a special segment for that. <laughs> but I think one of the things that we've always enjoyed, uh, first and foremost, are seeing certain films in a theater, mm-hmm. you know, experience them with a number of people, the communal experience, uh, old favorites, new, new favorites. favorites. yeah, And then occasionally... The ones that we're both seeing for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a chance to Black Sunday was one of those that was a first timer. That was a good one. Oh, it was a that was a really good one. one. But here on the thirtieth, we are going to be experiencing a movie that I know the VHS cover really well. Mm-hmm. It always kind of intrigued me, but I never sought it out. Yeah, uh, we're going to be seeing 1971's Let's Scare Jessica to Death. I've that's on the blind spot. I mean, I've always wanted to see it. I've heard great things about it, and I've heard mixed things about it. But at the same time, it's one of those old school seventies ones, and that's just it. Gotta love those old school seventies ones. Give me a you know mid early seventies slow burn horror flick that may be about vampires. It may be about a cult. Yeah, who knows? It could be about anything. I'm very anxious to seek it out, but of course, if you can't make it out to that Friday, that one will have uh, various uh, screenings throughout the week. But then I realized, we we only talk about that Friday Night Fright that's coming out on the day the episode releases. Mm -hmm. There are some people that would like to look ahead. So then that following Friday on August, uh, Friday, August 6th, another one that's actually going to be a first time watch for me at least, and I'm glad we programmed, uh, programmed it, 2005's. House of Wax. <laughs> I, that, that movie gave me a giggle. It, it, it's all right. I remember it, but I remembered like 
making an inappropriate joke in the middle of the movie. And I'm, I'm, I'm assuming the joke is probably where I could BS my way and say I've seen that with the movie. Something like that, Where yeah. someone takes a pull to the face. Yeah. And it's, okay, and see, it's, I've seen that. Right, right, right. And it's a certain famous person. Exactly. And, yeah, that's not the first time. So, yeah, no. Well, I am anxious to see both of these up on the big screen. I uh, haven't seen it since, honestly. Oh, you and haven't? No, and I'm excited to see it. I've, heard, I've actually seen that it's definitely picking up some steam mm-hmm. just in terms of people talking about it yeah. a little bit more. And the fact that at this point, it's now 16 years in, developing, yeah. developing, it, it's got legs. It's getting, it's getting more of a, a second wind. And I'm after all of what I'm hearing about it, I want to see it again. Because I remember not necessarily dismissing it the first time, but I'm like, eh, in the middle of the road. But... You know, with new lens, older vision. The baggage we bring. Yeah, exactly. Well, the baggage I'm going to be bringing to some of the other repertory screenings that weekend of the 30th is a film that I did see in the theater. I remember laughing my little head off at it, and I haven't watched it in quite some time, and I'm pretty sure it would age well, but... What do you think about CB4, Genius? Oh, I can't wait to see that. I want to see that. I haven't seen that forever. I'm not saying that I'm a huge that I'm the biggest follower of uh, MC Gusto, Dead Mike, and Stabmaster Arson. <laughs> you know, I did follow them on their solo careers. Uh, Dead Mike doing "I'm Black, y'all," and I'm black, y'all, and I'm, I'm black, black, and black, black, it's and I'm black, y'all. No, that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have not watched it in quite some time, but I remember it fondly. And then also that weekend, a classic from the '50s, uh, Mike Nichols' "The Graduate." Hmm. Yeah, I've seen that. I mean, really? okay. I've seen half of it and i've seen the other half of it at another later time is like five years in between but i remember like okay cool i never actually sat down and watched it watched it but because of things like the simpsons oh i know every beat of it so i think be- with the simpsons you can i've seen that your way through a lot of classic cinema oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> they, they've taught a lot they they do indeed now uh outdoors then on friday on the 30th a film that w- you a little bit of controversy when it was revealed that you're not a fan of it. Yeah, you will not see me at this screening. <laughs> but uh, a Pitch Perfect will be playing outdoors, Mm-mm. and uh, yeah, Genius probably won't be in the audience no. for that. I know a lot of people dig it, and it's... like I said, on paper, I should totally dig it. It should be right up my alley, you know. But like, because I do like me some Anna Kendrick a lot, but there's something that just doesn't work, and I think most of it's uh, Rebel Wilson. I just don't find your fault. No, no, it's totally fair. And from what I've heard, it's selling well already. So no need for that. But then on Saturday, on the 31st, in a film that we both unapologetically love is, and this also, the character actor in this one is getting a little bit of a resurgence. Uh, we're talking The Mummy with one Brandon Fraser. He's he's Brandon Fraser hot again. It's it's wonderful to see yeah, it is. people coming back around and just going, yeah, he was a great actor. He was he was he's incredibly funny. hot. He's he was funny. funny. He's yes. got good timing. He was like the John Hamm of the nineties. Ooh, very nice. Yeah, very nice. And then the Mummy itself. It's a great movie. It's a and it's a fucking horror movie. Anybody, goes, it's adventure. No, it's horror. Well, There's it, monsters. Well, it's it took a number of things of different genres and pretty deftly balanced them unlike something we may talk about today, potentially, uh, <laughs> balancing there. No, but it's a fantastic balancing act. Now, of course, if you're listening to this and you're not ready to go indoors or outdoors or far away, uh, you can help support Screenland and the Screenland film family by heading over to patreon.com slash screenland 
and all their tiers. They have a number of perks. There is the Screenland podcast, uh, watch potty party, watch potties, Uh-oh. watch potties. Uh oh, that's in the hotel. That's that, later. You, you do not want to go to that tier. No, that's no, the that's, ch- the, that's the that's the there's not. It's not an above tier. It's a lower tier. It's the Chuck Berry tier. Stay clear from that one. No, oh, no. Watch parties, uh, and a cl- including <laughs> our monthly Shutter shoutout where. We put together uh, where you can ideally stream two films off of Shutter, but then by joining the film family, you have access to exclusive content that we put together, including a little bit of a pre-show, uh, introduction where Genius and I give you a little bit of context and information, then a post-show with a little bit of yakety smack, and trailer reels for each film, mm-hmm. and of course, you just have to become a member of the Screenland film family by again heading over to patreon.com slash Screenland, but I'm looking forward to that one. This oh, one coming up. The one we are going to be talking, and that's actually going to be happening on July 31st. That's Saturday. Uh, we're making a little room for Romero mm-hmm. and going to be streaming what two films? We are showing the Lost Gem Amusement Park, which I've never seen and I'm looking I, forward to. Yes. And then one of my all-time favorites, Creep yes. Show 2. Over here, lady. I'm telling you, it's so good. Well, we were lucky enough to, I should say, I was lucky enough to recently view that on the big screen, I cannot believe the crowd it pulled. Yeah. I was shocked. I was only expecting a handful of people. But I guess I should never underestimate the power of just that, you know, hair that takes nine long years to you know, grow exactly. out. That kind of commitment. Exactly. That hair gets you paid and laid, man. It'll <laughs> make you a star. Well, Plus, you know thanks for the ride, lady. Mm-hmm. Classic. It, it, it plays very, very well. But genius, if we are talking uh, Patreon and Screen Family, you can head over to patreon.com slash Nightmare Junkhead. There was a Bronson moment in this movie. Where we had... <laughs> oh, man, yeah. It, only if you've seen 10 to Midnight. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just a you know, consenting adults moment. <laughs> but we are putting together our own little uh, collection of consenting adults over at patreon.com slash Nightmare Junkhead. And I want to give a shout out to some of the film family members that were at our last Friday Night Fright. It was wild. Dustin, Diana, Chad, and Jim, thank you for experiencing pieces with us. <laughs> and... Should we just go ahead and just, you know, unload and, you know, just just look back on that particular screen oh, it there, was Genius? so much fun. It was so much fun. The, the surprise dong, because we were both like, we forgot the dong. Oh, yeah. Well, and it was great because we mentioned, um, we did our little yakety schmack, and then the trailer reel hit. Now, I had put together kind of a little bit more sleazier films in the trailer reel, including Torso. <laughs> it saturates the screen with terror. I love how he's had such a jaunty voice. When like such like gore and like gratuity and like seventies exploitation torso, but it was what was good though was after it played, there were giggles in the audience. Mm-hmm. So it's like okay, I think we're good, and that's when we both looked at each other. We're like, oh no, we forgot to talk about the dong. So we were just like, oh, it'll be a nice surprise the, for them. The pod people's trumpy because like it stinks. <laughs> just, the... but let's just say, when the dong was hung. You could hear the audience like, dong! There was, there was applause. There was general excitement at the dong being hung. And I literally, we both, I kind of snuck down on the couch and I kind of kicked your knee a little. I was like, are you you're hearing this? Did you hear the giggles when they're like, wah, 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 Just, I think, everyone <laughs> experiencing pieces. Because I think 90% of the audience were first timers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which... Oh. 
was incredible. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. It, <laughs> so I actually literally after the after the screening, I think you were like, "You're welcome." I like the way in the very end you could hear you heard people yell, "What the fuck!" I mean, just genuinely like, "Jesus Christ!" You heard like just audible yells of confusion and like what's going on madness it was great it was wonderful it was great so thanks to uh, all the members of our film family that came out and anyone that might be listening to this you know because i believe there was a lot of discussion afterwards people coming out and just trying to process oh shit we're gonna what have they to re- thought. remember this one for our best of in uh, in december i will i will definitely stand by that as well <laughs> now of course by gaining access to and becoming a member of our film family you actually will have access to the shutter shout out content and we actually just put out for our new horror episode in july our thoughts on fear street 1994 mm-hmm. of which i share a uh, kind of the ptsd of seeing a, a bread machine <laughs> yeah the mangler my god i just had some cold sweats going in there so if you <laughs> would like access to that and a number of other things head on over to patreon.com slash nightmare junkhead where we have every tier from a squiddly diddly to another time. Another place. Speaking of another time, another place. Specifically. <laughs> Speaking of another time, another place. There's a definite time and place for this movie, and that's fucking Daytona Beach 1989. <laughs> that's could. the exact fucking spot. This movie couldn't happen anywhere else. And that goes... A lot of things could have to go back in that another time, another place category. Well, and it's really funny because I think of the the number of episodes that we put together for this month, we were in agreement on most. Uh, but it was the last two that we kind of put together last minute. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, the one I originally wanted us to close on was Summer Camp Nightmare, which technically isn't so much of a slasher. I was like, dude, it's Lord of the Flies. I'm like, that's and, the Lord of the Flies. Movie. And I guess part of me was just really wanting to have uh, Yuck Connors in another episode. Oh, I'm always down with Yuck Connors. I mean, we could even do like a man, Man's Deadliest Game or something month. Bro. Oh, oh, the whole Yuck Connors month. Because he's been in a lot of fucking genre horror. Yeah, he has. He deserves our, our, our adoration. Mm-hmm. But then you're like, ooh, no, we could split the month in half and be the Yuck and Buck connection. We could show like half. Yuck and Buck. <laughs> Is that like the Huck and Buck? Yeah, it is. Oh, my God. Get the hell out of here with that Huck and Buck. You tried to Huck and Buck me. It's the Yuck and Buck. God damn it. We'll get to that. Yeah. Put that one on the side there. <clears throat> but you basically were like, you know what? No, let's not work with that. Let's look into something else. And put together a little bit of a list. And there was one film in particular that I had just watched for the first time uh, this last year. And the whole thing that we do over on Patreon is regardless of what tier you're on, uh, I put out three little, what we call the I've Seen That Challenge episodes. It's 10 to 15 minute reactions of me watching a movie for the first time. Uh, but there have been several at this point where I have watched for the first time. And I'm like, I don't care if Genius has seen this or if he's not, but we We're need to talk it. about this. We're yeah. doing it. Because <laughs> we need it, it needs more time devoted to it. And there's been some genuine, one, genuine good ones that have come out of here. But I remember watching this. And there were multiple moments throughout the film that I was like, I think Genius would really enjoy this, but not because so much that it's a good film. But there's just little moments in this movie that make you go, wait, what? I do is, enjoy that shit. I, I do like when it's like, what the fuck? This is great. It's so ra- I love the randomness of things. And this movie is all about randomness. It is random as fuck. It's not pieces random. No. But it's pretty damn random. No, because 
you if you were to qualify this movie, first and foremost, you'd find it in horror. Absolutely. However, you could almost put it in documentary, <laughs> like a fucking fire festival or something. Uh, MTV would have been filming there. Oh yeah, I'm surprised we didn't see like fucking uh, Eric from the Grind, you know, coming out and hosting shit. Ed Lover and Dr. Dre would have been back in the corner doing their thing. But if you were to then like try to add like just little sub tags to it, just in terms of what else is in it, like a weird Venn diagram of what this movie actually is. You would see overlapping. There would be elements of a spring break boner jam. Absolutely. There's there's biker exploitation. Straight up biker exploitation. There is this weird like police procedural. But it's a 70s police procedural because the cop's John Saxon. So again, that's another kind of another time, another place. And there's corruption going on. Yeah. There are elements of... Almost of a Jawsian level, because do we close the beach? We can't. It's spring break, but there's a killer going around. There's elements of that. There are... The the, the slasher shenanigans have to come into play, but the slasher element of this film is so unique and so different. This is the reason why I think I wanted to make sure that we experienced this, because I remember the first watching it the first time, it was very familiar, very deja vu-esque, because... I had seen bits and pieces of this multiple times through multiple viewings of USA all night. Oh, yeah. I remember seeing this on Commander USA, but I haven't seen it since Commander USA. Okay. So I could totally be like, oh, yeah, I've seen that. And like, oh, yeah, it's a, he kills with the bike and it's at spring break. But other than that, it was almost going in blind. I mean, I know who the killer was in his MO, but other than that, I haven't seen it for so long. It was This was, this was fun. I can't... this. This is not a good movie, but it's a fun movie. (laughs) And listen, let me just say, again, the reason we're talking about it is because we both enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. But it's not going to be for everyone. No. And I think if you... You have to be a fan of of the Boner Jam. You have to be a fan of the Biker Exploitation, of the John Saxon Cops procedural, of the... The all of this shenanigans that is mixed in with, and unlike the previously talked about films that balance things, multiple genres in a film very well. No, this one is all over the place. It is. It is. It's almost balanced to the point where it's like you just mix a whole bunch of shit together, and it just winds up into one pile of the whatever concoction. That's how balanced it is because it's like it's not equal parts no. boner jam, equal parts uh, procedural. It's like. It's almost like when Willy Wonka is talking to the, the mixture, he's like, it's 10% uh, perspiration, and some of the uh, inspiration, 15% butterscotch triple, but it's like, that's 125%. And I think that's well, what this movie was going for. Well, it, it, technically, you know what you could say? It's an Italian uh, chef making a contemporary American dish a la 1989. This is directed by Umberto Lenzi, and the name should seem familiar. Uh, he's an Italian director. He had been making films like since the 1960s, uh, but it was in the late 70s and early 80s that he then went into and got. Uh, he directed Cannibal Ferrix, mm. which is one of those notorious cannibal, cannibal films. Move, yeah, uh, he uh, directed Eaten Alive. Ah, oh, another cannibal uh, move. Yeah, not 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 the not our one. favorite not, one. Not, yeah. not that one. Not the one with the major. And so he's fairly notorious. And I've mentioned many a times that you know cannibal films. Not my thing. And those are filthy in the first place. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of like, okay, from the maker of Cannibal Ferox, you know what you kind of, you don't necessarily get what you're thinking, but it is kind of like, okay, there's going to be something gratuitous. And when we incorporate a lot of the Italian directors and the genre filmmakers at that time, we already know that it's of a very particular flavor. Yeah. And then if you put the setting 
at spring break in 1989. That's another particular flavor. And the fact that I'm pretty sure a lot of the footage they got was legit of stuff going on at the time. Yeah, it is just horseshit because, like, I've always wanted to go to one of those things, like... When I was in my younger days, oh, like yeah. right now, like I was looking at it like, man, fucking I remember back in like 1994, or 1995, watching like MTV Spring Break thinking, man, I would fucking kill to go down there and party. I can't wait to go to college because it's going to be like the movies and there's going to be parties and shenanigans. Exactly. And then finally, when I like got old enough to like realize that there's no parties and shenanigans like that all the time. And it's like, man, fuck. And then. When I got enough to afford to be able to go to down uh, spring break, I'm like, I don't know. That seems like a lot of hassle. <laughs> and a lot of people are fucking, there's the traffic would suck. And I've been to Florida. No offense to anybody in Florida, but my experience, Florida experience wasn't 100% great. So it was like, okay. You know, maybe in my younger days, I would have been like, go Gators, you know, or like trying to party. <laughs> I definitely wouldn't have been as sleazy as our fucking hero, oh. our, our hero sidekick, I should say. But at the same time, I would definitely have tried to carpe some DM. Well, and it is, down there. like you mentioned, it is a, a particular time because in the mid, early to mid 80s, you would get a slew of these boner jams that are set on these beach town communities, mm-hmm. private resorts, and they were all these sexual shenanigans and of course when we look back at now a lot of it is like ooh, like we've talked about it before but revenge of the nerds is probably one of the most awkward rewatches now it is you're because you're laughing because there's some genuine oh yeah there's still funny but 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 then you're like that's not cool what are you doing with that vader mask and like this is our hero right i mean it's funny that they're sitting there watching the next day but the practicality of it they should the lambda should all be in prison oh yeah yeah you know all of the lambda should be in prison the drinking game becomes drink every time a lambda commits a felony in the film right right. wow wow (laughs) but those at the time those weren't felonies they were shenanigans shenanigans and it truly, like you said, it imprints on you. And there's that slew of films. Uh, Johnny Depp actually was in one of those. A Fraternity Vacation. Had Tim Robbins. Yes. A lot of people, they would get their start in genre, be it horror. Or boner jams. <laughs> they always try to distance themselves. And sometimes which... if you're Courtney Gaines, you make it a, uh, you do the crossover, make a fucking career out of boner jams and horror. His IMDB picture should just be the Venn diagram. A boner jams and horror. And horror. Because, yeah, he, and, and he's, I think he's finally embraced it for yeah. the most part as well. But then you talk about the, the biker exploitation element of this. This movie is part, I mean, and the bikers themselves are in another movie. They're yeah. in their own. They're almost, it's almost one of those, let's save the rec center movies, and they're the villains, you know, who are destroying the town or something. Bringing the property value down. Right, right. Again, they're in another movie because they're so over the top, and they, they talk like this, like almost all of them. I say we kill them. Yeah. Well, even their their name, the demons. The demons. In the demons font. Are these the Bava demons? I'm That's like, what I was curious like... about. They branded really well, my friend. Uh, which also goes to show, are they all brandishing swords on the side of their motorcycles? They should. They should. And, and they should all have wearing one of those masks. I would have seen it. Go around slapping people. And here's the thing, though. Again, given the Italian nature of both films, I would not have been shocked had no, we seen that. Not at all. I would not. Mm-hmm. Speaking of shocking... Can we talk about the weirdness of the killing vehicle in this film? It's almost like a proto-death brew. I 
I guarantee you Tarantino loves Nightmare Beach because it has Michael Parks. Michael Parks and John Saxon. Yeah. This, all of his this, favorites. This one has him written all over it, except for, you know, I think it could have used to be more, more feet, feet, man. You need to, like, well, the beach shot should have been more down, you know? But <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy. But he kills people with his bike. By touching his bike and him flipping a giant cartoon switch. It's like one of those, like, the shiny, beautiful, jolly button. It's ridiculous. But it's also very unique. His bike's rad, too. It looks like something out of uh, Mask, the old Mobile Armored <laughs> Strike Command. Like fucking Miles Mayhem's <laughs> sidecar and shit. <laughs> That's what happened when terrorists go to the beach. It, shenanigans. Almost, it almost looks Warriors of the Wasteland-esque. It does. Because it had the big fin in the back and the fact that it was all weaponized. I, I'm, again, I'm not like, shocked not that it's hot, Italian. it's yeah. Italian, right. <laughs> it's, but have you ever seen anything like that in a slasher film? Mm-mm. No. It's, no, futuristic maybe, maybe. but nothing... The, the closest thing to like an electrocution killer would have been like Horace Pinker. And, th- and the movie starts very with the, similar. With an execution. But again, is it deftly balanced? No. Because you go then straight into the boner jam <laughs> aspect. I and, mean, we're straight on the beach. And you stay in the boner jam aspect for a long... It's a boner jam movie with like a slattering of killings interspersed the shenanigans and then the biker shenanigans. And not necessarily like the slashing is an afterthought, but it's like, oh, yeah, we need to get a kill in here. And here's what's interesting. Um, we obviously champion the theater-going experience. Uh, I think uh, seeing a movie in a theater can elevate any movie. Mm-hmm. And I would love to see this in a theater. I'd love this to play as a Friday Night Fright. However, you made mention. I think, and I totally agree with you, that this movie plays better because it's not a it's not intro level slasher. Mm-mm. This is not even maybe even like this you know two hundred level. I think this is either next level or background. Yeah, this explain is, that a party movie. This is absolutely a party movie because this is the kind of movie where you have in the background of the party because every time you're going to look at the screen, you're going to see some <laughs> some like a wet t shirt contest or like bikers fighting mm-hmm. or somebody getting electrocuted via bike or like a creep. In a hotel room getting garroted. Oh, yeah. So, like, every time you're going to look, you're going to see something interesting. But you're like, oh, okay, that's cool. And then you go back to your conversation or drink or drink or whatever. It's it's a background movie. It's not that it, And it's not that it's a bad movie. I mean, it's not a great movie, but it's a fun movie. So it's the kind that you want to have at a party. And it's not that it's a boring movie. No. But it is paced a little bit differently. I think it's a movie that if you are not, not a next-level horror fan, but if you want to dig deeper into the slasher realm... The summertime slasher realm, mm-hmm. like where we've been doing this whole month, it's well worth to scratch to knock it off your list because it has these just weirdly unique, distinct elements that really separate it from like the burning. Yeah. Just before dawn. You know, everything that we've watched so far this summer, but all the same similar elements as well. Also, the fact that this movie is a fucking time capsule. This movie. I mean, every <laughs> single fucking frame of this movie screams the, 1989. The swimwear screams 1989, my friend. Right? And I don't want to get too personal here, but I was going through some changes around that time. I was and, fucking uh, loving it. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't. No, no. I was like, like I said, if 89, I would have been maybe 11 or 12, so maybe a couple of years mm-hmm. before I came in season, I guess. But at the same time, I'm watching <laughs> Spring Break. I'm watching Spring Break, and I'm 13, 14, and fucking, I would just, I want to go. I can't wait. I want to do this. This is a need. And like, and even back then, I was thinking like, man, fucking 14-year-old genius would have loved 
this movie. Just loved this movie. And that's just it. It's going to, it is such a product of the time where you guarantee no, he was going to have little 10 to 15 year old kids trying to watch this movie. Multiple wet t shirt contest segments. Multiple wet t shirt contest segments. And the fact that I think there's not a lot that you would technically need to cut in this movie Mm-mm. to go from USA Up All Night to Captain Commando. All you would really need to do is blur out a few things and beep out some words. There's not a lot of blood. Yeah. I mean, because everybody gets burnt. But, and you know what? Some of them you can tell, okay, that's a doll. They mm-hmm. lit on fire. But some of the aftermath was really well done. The ooze on the skull and the yeah. skeleton yeah. with the weird open furnace fire. Yeah. I the, don't the, know the what weird, was going on It was on like a that. blast furnace type thing, but yet, you know, it hot enough to burn somebody a fucking... From way from, from way afar. back on the side of the room. It almost played like it was a weird PSA commercial. Like, only you can prevent these kind of fires. <laughs> Just meanwhile, <laughs> fucking an industrial complex somewhere. Fucking they're getting lit up like Christmas trees. And he's going around, hey, pick up a ride. And he's got the weird um, contraption that locks you into the bike. It's, again, I've never seen anything like this before. I've seen a large number of biker exploitation flicks. Mm-hmm. Never seen anything like that. No. I've seen... So many slasher flicks, but I've never seen anything like that. And we've seen bicycle, we've seen bikes with like chainsaws attached. Of course, we've seen yeah. bicycles with lasers and guns and all that. But a fucking electric, electric chair. chair, a literal electric chair rolling around, that is something pretty damn unique. And the fact that the killer, except for a handful of times, utilizes electricity to kill the the That's like his MO outside of the electric chair on the bike. Yeah. Yeah. So it's they they you can tell they were trying to definitely go for something different. They were not being lazy. They definitely tried all those incorporations and just like just stay away from electricity. Like if you go to an Amish community, right, you might be safe. But it maybe. maybe. But you gotta watch out if Ernest Borgnine is the one leading the Amish community. Um but at the same time, like <laughs> It was almost like, hey, we got this great story for this really cool idea, killer. Let's make it, you know, set in some other time. Like, you know what I've always wanted to do? I've always wanted to go to spring break. Hey, that's a great idea. Oogle some wet wet bikini shirts, you know. What could go wrong? Well, as long as, you know, you're not assuming there's some dead, undead, you know, biker coming back after you. I thought it was smart, too. But, like, also, like, it just felt like. (laughs) <laughs> they just went there to, you know, have what some we're, fun. Yeah, we're here making a movie, making a movie between between beers and again wet t-shirt contests. Well, the, you know, the movie can only work as well as some of the characters. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, no speaking, of, I was wanting yeah. to get to the characters. Yeah, no, and we've got a slew of some of our all-time favorite character actors. And just some characters in the film that you're just like, what the hell? <laughs> this guy needs to die. So quickly. where do you, where would you like to start? Let's start with the the two famous ones. Okay, the reason why Tarantino loves this movie right, probably. Right, right, right. John Saxon. Now, what toupee is he rocking in this one? He's wearing his no nonsense toupee. No nonsense. Right. Is that any different from any of his more authority figure toupees? It's not quite action toupee because he knows he's not going to go around kicking ass. But it's and it's not quite business toupee because he's not all down to business. But he wants to be a bit more like authoritarian. Okay. Okay. So his it no has non- an air of menace. Right. But like I'm the boss, applesauce. Like his Judge Judy hair. That is fair. Yeah. That is fair. And then opposite of that, we have Michael Parks. 
Uh, again, enforcing the stereotype that if you work with dead bodies, you have to be drinking or eating something. Well, we, we had a discussion mid-film, the fact that he wasn't eating, he was drinking. And he was a, he was a drunk drinker. Like, so does that count? Yeah. Okay. I think so, because, I mean, if you're eating and drinking, especially if you're drinking over the dead bodies. As long as you're imbibing something over the body. Right. Okay, that is fair. That is oh, fair. Yeah. Because, I mean, his was like, he wasn't in shock of it. No, no. no. It, it was just of the situation, so that doesn't count. If he was like, oh, my God, and then I'm going to need to sip to cool my nerves, that's one thing. But if he's like, uh, what am I going to do now? Slip, slip, slurp, slurp. You know, being a drunk Michael Parks, I was I was waiting for some folks you saying, I was waiting for him to like come out and like, you know what, so number one, you know, and just like what this guy's burnt more than the bottom of a chili pan or something like that. And that, well, that's just it. He wasn't really given a lot to do in this movie. Mm-mm. He's very much cast to the side, and that's what's a what it's I a bummer. And that, well, that's what I love. What Tarantino was able to do though was he was able to recognize the the strength that this guy, what he could do, delivering that dialogue. So when we go back to this stuff, we're like, hey, it's Michael Parks. And it's like, oh, okay. He's just. All right. He's just Michael. He was just getting paid at the time, I'm sure. He wasn't even an and Michael Parks. Right? I think if you're an and, you get a little bit more meat. And then if you're an and with. Right? Yeah, that's when it kicks in. And actually, it kind of made me, number one, of course, lament the loss of both of these gentlemen since they are no longer with us. Absolutely. But man, I would have really liked maybe like a buddy cop movie with Saxon and Parks. Exactly. Before he was a drunk and before he was an a- and before Saxon was a murderous asshole, when they were like, it's just coming now, you know? He would have had like a Quincy M.E. kind of thing. Where Sergeant they of the ha- Dock coming this fall. <sighs> damn it. You know? Damn it. See, again, that's the kind of stuff I need, but that's okay. Then they would have like the goofy person in the office giving them all the things. It's something dirty, isn't it? You know, just. Duffy, and then they just go around solving mysteries and shit. And especially if you're gonna make it, uh, you know, set late seventies potentially, I'm all for that. With a great like theme song. And I guarantee you, Tarantino would have loved that series. Ate it up. Yeah, ate it up. Now our other duo in this case are our two heroes. Absolutely, one of them. Okay, one yeah, of them. All actually, right. yeah. You know what? And that's just it. Our anti Johnny Utah. Yeah. He actually is quite good. He is his character actually is very upstanding. He's very because the hot preacher's daughter was like, "Hey, you want to go for a walk?" And lesser men would have been like, yeah, "Fuck yeah, sure, yep. okay." No, he's because he like cool. I I would have, and I, especially because I know it's the preacher's daughter. But like he was like, "No, no, no, I'm okay." Either a bad joke or a bad horror movie is going to start with a preacher's daughter. I don't know, but uh, again, younger genius, yay. Younger genius, yay. Older genius, deal breaker. Older genius, no, no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we've got a uh, college quarterback who just lost the Orange Bowl, as it turns out. And, and the fact that it's a running joke, like, hey, I know you. You cost me 50 bucks. Yeah, well, you know if you cost John Saxon's characters 50 bucks, you, you already know it's like he's got motive and that's incentive. Half, that's half a toupee. That's, that's half a toupee. It was the down payment on a brand new toupee, and fucking old Johnny Unitas over here fucked it up. <laughs> I'd be pissed, too. But the Robin to his Batman is a character that truly is of a time and place. Despicable. He's awful. I bet even in the 80s he was awful. Oh, he had to be. He is the the horny best friend, but like gone to 11 Yeah, in this case. And he's an ass. He's like talking like, oh. you know what? You'd been a lot prettier if you smiled more. And it's like, ew. Uh, 
that's the that's the phrase that's gonna hit like a crazy yeah, one right now. Yeah, it is now. in the theater. And then he was like, "Fucking like, hey, you gonna get your number?" And they're like, "No." Nah. And he's like, "Fucking lesbian." I'm like, "Ah." Oh. And you know, uh, occasionally you like to root for characters. Because you, you know we've seen some lovable horn dogs yes. before. That they're like, "Okay, you're horny and you're cool, like buddy." Yes. You know. And then even when he goes, hey, I brought you some rubbles and I want them all taken care of before we leave the thing. You know, the Beaver Patrol is on the hunt. Wow, yeah. The fact that we get mention of a Beaver Patrol. I mean, gee, he sh- I'm not. I'm shocked he's not wearing an FBI shirt. Right? <laughs> the the bikini inspector. body inspector. Yeah. Yes, Jesus. And, but I'm kind of shocked and impressed, though, that they were promoting safe sex. Keep Especially in mind. at Daytona, but in, it is eighty nine. You and, have the AIDS epidemic, yeah. so that was smart. And again, forward thinking on their part. Again, not necessarily progressive, but <laughs> right. They at least thought about health. They, he could he could have berated the guy for doing that. You fucking pansy, were you worried about the clap or something? Something yeah, like that. But no, exactly. Hey, no. you better wrap your raincoats. He even made a point <laughs> to say, "I'm okay. I'm I'm covered." <laughs> you know. In a lesser movie, would he been played by a Rodney Dangerfield? Can no, we... he would have played because he's not party animal enough. Party, see, Rodney's not necessarily he's classy. He's good natured, but he's charming. Yeah, this, this guy, guy wasn't is... charming. No. And the thing about this guy is, I swear, I I, I, I got to do a lot more research. But his name is Vali, Raleigh Valverde. The only other Raleigh Valverde I am ever aware of used to be an anchor on this this national syndicated news show called Channel One News. And it was about a 20-minute news show that they would show either in homeroom or before homeroom for kids in, like, tons of schools. I think it was in, in middle schools and then some high schools. And... uh he was one of the anchors. It also spawned uh, Serena Astrul's, uh Kurt Loder was one of the uh, uh, producers. Was Anderson, it like an MTV like news farm or for something? Kids, yeah. But Anderson Cooper was one of the uh, was one of the first. Uh, so they would anchors. go over like current events. And... Yeah, and news and important shit. I mean, it was news for like kids. I mean, it, it was it was not dumbed down, but it was like okay. This is bad, but this is what's going on, and like kind of break it down, and it was really interesting. And Raleigh Valverde was one of the um, on the scenes reporters in the yeah. field type thing, Wait, going around so like I'm here in a hurricane. You know, he would you, go around like in you, war zones and shit, like legit. Yeah, like legit. So I shouldn't make like make light that he was actually doing some investigative journalist reporting down in Spring Break, right? Like, like the like terrors a, the, of Spring Break. I'm doing a report on gonorrhea. You know, He's but like I the think first he... to do the blacklight, you know, thing exactly. in the motel rooms. You're better safe than sorry. Can't leave evidence, right? But I think he still does it. I really? think he's still like a, a, a field reporter. But I, there's I, Raleigh Valverde is not a very common name. And you showed me the picture of the guy, and that and looks, looks like, him. like him. So I got to do a little bit more research because, like, we just finished recording that. But I swear, when I saw the name, I'm like Raleigh Valverde, and then I read my DB, and I'm like. That fucking looks like the anchor man. So to go from a war-torn country to bumping short hairs, to, I mean, to bumping short hairs. That man has had a crazy journey. Yeah, he has. Yeah, he has. <laughs> oh my goodness. He's like, hey, can you kill my character off quick? I gotta go to Bosnia Herzegovina and fucking film some shit. Jesus you know, just Christ. like that's impressive. That's impressive. Uh, weirdly enough, like I said, I did definitely recognize some of the swimsuits from uh, this particular time because. Mm-hmm. 
Um, my, the high, the high waisted thongs. My 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 mom was pretty cool about letting me buy swimwear magazines because um, not necessarily because I was interested in buying said swimwear, but you know, just oh, yeah. um, taking care of things. Uh, so I'm just glad. There were no side ponytails in this film because I don't think I could have handled it. Although there was crimps. There, there was a lot of crimps. crimps. Yes, a lot there of were. crimps. <laughs> Very, just such a particular time. Um, and falling for the biker honeypot. Which I... I I'm going to say, you know, I'm very comfortable in my short shorts. She she wore them a little bit better she than me. She rocked them. She rocked them. However, though, with the simple addition of my vest and some uh, crimped black wig, my friend, I could have some pretty easy cosplay. Yeah, you could. And you could have, like, Alana Miles, Black Velvet playing in the background because that's who she reminded me of. I was just waiting for her to start singing Black Velvet. Doesn't she look like a... Didn't she look like Alana Miles? Yeah, now I totally see that. And I was like, oh... She's got that Kelly Bundy bad girl vibe going on. She looked like one of her friends. Yeah, she did. Yes, yeah, she, she did. did. But she was, it was a, obviously a trap. And it's, I was like, God damn it, Raleigh Valverde. You know, you're not going to survive much on the battlefield if you're going to fall for traps like this. Well, I mean, he is the over so fucking horny, horny character. He was awful. He was it's, awful. Well, you have to have the, when you have a, when you have a spring break boner jam, you, you have to have the pair of friends mm-hmm. or at least the group of friends. And you're going to have the one that is the horny character, the one that is there. The sole purpose is every night is to do what they're doing. And, of course, the best part is they're the ones that never do it. because. Although he did get lucky a couple of times. No, you're right. No, that's true for the very, yeah, from the get-go, technically. When he cast, he caught. So one of the randomness and the random things in this movie. Gators! The Gators guy? But also, there's a shot when our, our heroes are walking from a bar, and there's these two guys doing freestyle tricks on some haros. And I mean, they, they go into doing, they're doing a cherry picker. And it's only for like 10 seconds. And I was like, is this a random fucking BMX, BMX stunt show? It's like a busker fair. It's rad. It's kind of crazy. They're, but of all the character tropes and the character styles in this film, f- since 1983, there's a particular trope. In the slasher and the horror films, that uh, never ends well for them. And we're, of course, talking the prankster, the practical joker. Man, fuck that, dude. From from Shelley, you know, Larry Zerner's, you know, impeccable performance and portrayal of that, to our practical joker in this film. He was an asshole. From the get-go. Now, now genius, you aren't, I'm not saying you're a practical joker per se. You're more of a, a scare person. You yes. Know? Um, but you enjoy a good laugh. But I also know that read the room, and I know that I know that there's a time and a place, and I know you don't want to get like too much because his jokes were mean spirited. Yes. They were never they were never fun jokes. Mm-hmm. I mean, like between him and the thief, because like they were both like these weird characters in a different movie. Again, another film, right? Then diagram just bleeding over. But he was like he. he going around dressed up like a shark he's like ma'am i want a beer and like fucking winds up slices in his hand you guys, you guys can't take a joke first of all and the first time we see him he's lying face full face in down pool. in a pool which is fine because my brother did that and that's yeah, hilarious yeah, that's... right but the fact of the matter is that he had like a prosthetic gash on his arm and the fact that he was bleeding into the pool it was like there's aids blood in the pool right so like i wouldn't want to go first of all i wouldn't i'm okay with pools because you can go and stay in the three feet and if I need you, I can jump out. I'm good with the pools. But I wouldn't go in there if there's fucking blood, even nope. fake blood, because nope. fake blood is worse than real blood, because it's stickier and gross. 
At least with at least like I mean not that real blood on your hands is gross, but there's way less more like chemicals in it. We also have the character of the guy the side gal doing the, the side hustle there. The the law school, the medical, medical school, school, the massage therapist. Massage therapist. I gotta respect her hustle. I can't I, I can't respect the prankster, because again, read your read mm-hmm. the fucking room. I can definitely not respect the thief because he was an asshole. Pickpockets. All right. And second, but I do respect her side hustle because she's like, uh, can I borrow a quarter? And next thing you know, well, I, yes, ma'am, I, I actually can help you. And I'm like, earn that money, girl. Earn that money. Casual millionaires. Yeah. All, it takes all types, my friend. But then also we have the sleazy proprietor of the hotel. Of course. If you a, uh, own a no-tell motel and you wear those like polyester slacks and those you, polyester shirts, yeah. you're a fucking creep. You're yeah. a fucking creep. It just goes without saying. And you know... Even if this wasn't, because if this was a boner gem, you'd still have the creep peeping in the windows. And maybe peeping in the thing. Yeah, of course. Of course. But the fact that it's, that the, I'm glad that it was in a slasher because creepers get like, unless the killer is peeping. Right. If you're, there can't, well, there can't be only, there can only be one alpha creep in the equation. So one of the creeps has to go. Well, I suppose it's appropriate we opened with a creeper and peeper with Alfred and the burning and we close with this guy because this guy also has a particular look. And I'm not saying he was probably ever just, you know, you know, pigeonholed into being creepers and peepers. But you know But he's not gonna be on the handsomest man alive issue. No, no, that won't happen. Um, now the other thing that really stood out to me was the the soundtrack and the score. <laughs> because we recently just talked um Fear Street nineteen ninety four and we were talking about the soundtrack and how just of nineteen ninety four it was. But it was very, it was varied. Mm-hmm. You had some metal, you had some hip hop, you had some soul, you had all sorts. It was different types of genres. Yeah. This one is just so much metal. This one, this one almost seems like it would be the background of not a not just a party, but a Motley Crue pre-party. Yes, yes. You know, because there was a lot of like '80s hair metal going around in this movie. A lot of the songs were used to score the wet T-shirt concerts yes. contest. Like it yeah. fits right in there. And there was a Dio song in there too. Well, I'm surprised it wasn't "Hold a Dive" like in the middle of the movie. <laughs> oh, Crypticon. You you weave a, a horrid horrid web there. No, the uh, fact that there is actually one of the songs in there sounded very similar to the song that's used in Rock and Roll Nightmare at the very end with Thor. Mm-hmm. That we accept the challenge. That one, the song that I was listening to, written by John Tiki Thor. It's the same guy, ah, which is appropriate. That makes sense. And then, even speaking of rock and roll and the music, there was mu- two musical numbers. Yes, there's. There was two musical numbers in this. It's like, we're not random enough, especially with the Go Gators guy. Oh, we didn't even talk about the Go, Go Gators, Gators guy. guy. Fucking, he just comes out of nowhere, just jumps in the middle of the guy's car. Go Gators! I'm like, get the fuck out of my car! I'm like, I hope you die. Well, and it's like, get out of my car. Get out of this movie. Right? Because he comes out of nowhere. They throw the biker gang in the jail. Go Gators! And then later on, he comes out, yeah, Gators! <laughs> It's staring us right in the face right now, genius. It's a tale about a boy and his bike. I know and multiple universes well, appearing over. I was even thinking about it when we were talking about it, dude. Everybody in the every extra and side character is an extra from Pee Wee's Big Adventure because you have the BMX bikers where they're yeah. like, "Oh, it's getting real steamy in here," and when they're like, "Oh, Dottie," and he's like, "I meant to do that." And then you have uh, then the, when they even capture when they even capture their hero. What should we do with them? I say we kill them. 
Right? I was just waiting for him to go, I see, let him go. Right? <laughs> then you have the goofy, inept sheriff. I was waiting for, like, the criminal that just broke out of, like, jail. Arrivederci, <laughs> peewee. You know, I was just waiting for everything. There wasn't any hobos, which is good, because like that would have just been over the top. However, that there was taken you out of the movie, right? However, there was hitchhikers. That's true. Right? But That's true. everybody looked like they should be an extra in either UHF or Pee Wee's Big Adventure because it was so fucking weird and random. <laughs> Aside from the wet T-shirt contest, they don't belong with Pee Wee. No, no, that's no, that's, that's a different. different side. That's different. But the side characters and some of the background characters, like what the fuck? But that's just it, and it's because the fact that it isn't balanced well. No. That I enjoy it. The fact that I couldn't show this one to any of my my horror friends. I think there's going to be a very particular subset of people that are going to dig this. Oh yeah, and if we ever showed it, we'd have to like look. If you're if you're not cool with like extremely gratuitous nudity, oh if you're yeah, not cool with like really misogynistic characters. Well, and if you're not ready for another time, another place. You know what I'm saying? Well, and also the fact that in the beginning of the film, with all the the credits and everything, you see. Score by Claudio Simonetti. And I was like, okay, kick ass. Let's right. hear it. And it's not so much the score per se. It's more like the killer's radio station. <laughs> his favorite preferred radio station. He, he, so Simonetti provided a theme in this film. And it's I guess it is the killer's theme. Because as you mentioned, anytime. He's, anytime he shows up, it's the same fucking theme. At least and in Scooby-Doo. <laughs> They would have different themes for the monsters. Even if it was the same, like, five or six themes, whenever they show up, they well, would mix them up. But this you, guy, nah. Do you think this is some weird, because I mentioned the fact that it's an Italian director putting making an, a contemporary American kind of boner jam. Maybe he was trying to make it Is like this a iconic. weird giallo? Eh, well. Again, <sighs> a giallo adjacent? Theoretically, because the killer is wearing black gloves, just not the big hat. And in lieu of a straight razor, we have an uh, you know an electric bike. I think that's what kind of makes it non-Jallo because, like, at least with Jallo, they mix it up a little. Bit. That's fair. That's fair. But at the same time, <laughs> yeah, no, he he had a very unique way to kill people. And again, the bummer is that he when he deviated, it was always off screen. Well, and I don't think in this case. I think if you were to up the kills or at least the level of the practical effects and give a little bit more time, it would have been like more, more lauded. Yeah. Now. I think especially because the kills that you don't see are the kills you really want to see. see. Like, when you know he has a garrot and he's going for the creeper, yeah. I really wanted to see. You don't see a lot of good garrot kills, right? Yeah. You definitely want to see the prankster get his. Yes, yes. You know? And I want to see what happened to the Go Gators guy. So, like... I think he's still sitting in the jail cell, my friend. But, no, I really wanted to see the prankster get it. I fucking really wanted to see him. But, alas... And the well, and technically, I guess in the great tradition of the prankers, since Shelley was killed off screen, and the same thing, maybe they were going for that. And then what's great is the fact that he was a handsome dude. Mm-hmm. So it goes to show you can look like Shelley, you can look like that guy if you're a prankster. He he had that Garrett Graham thing going on. Remember I said his lean beef. Bravo, my friend. Bravo. <laughs> now, uh, we talked about Simonetti's theme. We've talked about the killers. Oh, and we didn't even talk about the other character, the 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 uh, holier-than-thou preacher and his wild-ass daughter. We mentioned the preacher's well, daughter for a little bit. Well, and it's funny. The, all of the adults in this movie, you've got the preacher, you've got John Saxon's police character, you've got Michael Park's medical examiner. Well, you got the mayor. The mayor. Now, the mayor. The mayor. So... We were we were watching this. I was like, God, you, he looks like the guy that played uh, Foyt 
in Cannonball, Cannonball Run. Foyt. 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 It turns out it's not him. However, his name is, hold on just a second, Fred Butch, B-U-C-H. And he has been in, it's so funny, because the minute when I realized the films he's been in, I knew immediately who he was. It's no mistake that he is in a film that is part boner jam. Because, my friend, he has been in all of the Porky's films. (laughs) He's a Bob Clark regular. (laughs) He's one of the Bob Clark players? He was in the movie Spring Break. (laughs) And he was also in Caddyshack. And he was in Shockwaves. No shit. No shit. Again, strange, weird, great, varied career, man. Right. Freaking love the fact that he's he was that guy in those films. And again, I guarantee that's something I guarantee you that's like his favorite little mm-hmm. tidbit. Well, and then, then the preacher, well, what do you think we should do? Well, well, we should have done a long time ago. Let's pray. And I'm like, oh, boy. So let's do a little bit of a spoiler alert here. The very end of the film, the, it's, if, if it's Jallo-esque, it has to be a mystery. We have, mm-hmm. to fit, we have to have a reveal. We get the reveal. Zoinks! It's old father Carruthers, right? And like, I don't know. It was kind of a bummer to me because there could have been a whole side story because everybody thinks he's like the fuddy-duddy, like holier-than-thou preacher. And he is because he's like, we need more of God's light upon this heathenistic stuff. And like his daughter's going around. Daughter was a treat. Going around like fucking just being the preacher's daughter, right? Mm -hmm. Which Mm -hmm. the stereotypical preacher's Mm -hmm. daughter. And so we're thinking like, oh, man. He's this old fuddy duddy. When we reveal it's him, he's apparently he's listening to metal. He's, <laughs> he's like he, he's down with Claudio Simonetti, right? He's all fucking riding in that cool ass pimp bike. He's fucking all decked out in leather. He went from Holy Father to Leather Daddy really quick, right? <clears throat> and I'm thinking if they just would have talked, they could have probably realized they had so much more in common. Isn't it ironic? <laughs> Don't you think? You know, because like I want to party and go out and rock and roll and listen to fucking. Metal and, and ride motorcycles. Oh, I wish. I'm afraid my daughter will never understand me. You know. So it's like <laughs> they should like they should like really talk it out. I'm sure they talked it out one when killings wouldn't have happened, oh, and like two they would have worked on their relationship. It would have been this great internal struggle he right? would have had, where you know he wants to give into the metal fully, but you know he feels like an allegiance it, to God because and... it's the devil's music. Oh yeah, of course that is your pathway it's his into hell. Shame. That's why he's going around killing people. Everybody found out he fucking was a maiden fan then like he has to electrocute him right in their maiden oh. song about being electrocuted somewhere oh uh, hallowed be thy name see there you go <laughs> i'm sure that's probably what did the, what they wanted to have him play while he's you know doing his uh his ride arounds there oh my god well and it, you, it's kind of fun i kind of want to explore that <laughs> right? now that you talk about that because she doesn't seem like honey die ah, you don't stop it but first of all fuck him because she's like wants to party I was thinking maybe you can come down and pray with me at the community center. First of all, that sounds fucking terrible. Yeah, that's right? not a good way to spend if, the, the evening. Even if I wasn't that much of a party, or if I had to choose between going in a prayer session at a, at a community center or going out with friends or even fucking anything else, fucking anything else. It's, I mean, that doesn't sound fun, especially when, like, Bacchanal is happening on Main Street. Well, and you even said something a little bit uh, off when we were watching. It's like you kind of felt bad for anyone that lives in a town like that. I totally that is feel all terrible. About... I still feel so bad for the townies because, like, you know, 
Uh, 51 weeks a year, everything is idyllic and peaceful and quiet, and everybody's just trying to live and do their thing. And then for one fucking week, fucking a swarm of horny teens. And, like, they're clogging up the traffic. You can't go to work. There's a food scarce now. <laughs> like, it, the beaches are all clogged. It's got to be hell for townies. But the worst part, though, is, you know, again, just like we see in Jaws and in this film, that... Bad shit happens ha- when the townies come. But you have to do it, though, because, you know, you are you don't get to have those other, you know, 50 weeks, idyllic weeks without that right. chaotic week. Ah, ah, it's terrifying. Oh, I feel terrible for townies. I know. It's rough, man. For any of you listeners, if you're townies, let us know what it's like if it's as terrible as it seems. Final thoughts there on Nightmare Beach, my friend. This is not a good movie. It's a fun movie. It's fun. But I wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, Nightmare Beach, unless I was like, I kind of want to see some wet t-shirt contests and some electrocutions. Well, if, if, again, if you want to see a particular piece of time, the late 80s, the ushering of the, the – it's basically where you can see the excess is really kind of starting to go away oh, yeah. at that point. Like, it's not going to get any worse. In fact, it's going to get a little bit more conservative, potentially. Not necessarily in a bad way, mm-hmm. but it's just such a slice of time at that point. This almost seems like it's the last of the last hurrah of the slashers. You know what? You should pair this with Tango and Cash because that was actually the last film released in the 1980s. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. Well, this has been kind of fascinating. A couple of first-time watches for both of us. Uh, again, whether or not you would find yourself in these scenarios or not genius, I think. See, I'd go to resorts. I would go to like I don't know about Party Co. I would go to the I would go to the beach. So I'm this is the horror the film you would potentially find yourself in. I've always wanted to, but not now. Not now. Not now. now. Back when we had a fighting chance. Right. Well, here in the month of August, we're actually still kind of figuring out what we want to talk about, but one of the things that we will be ruminating on here is we were going to be having our 300th episode, which is kind of crazy. So, until that time, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we'll see you in your dreams. We're going on a spring break, spring break, baby, tonight. For when you ride upon my bike, I'll shock you till you die.